Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast with you as always. It's Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. Super stoked to have our guest back for his second appearance here on the show. Uh, I had the privilege of being his neighbor for, I guess, the first 18 years of my life. And uh, he's since gone on to become a number one selling best author. He's a LinkedIn guru. And, you know, I, I was off the social interwebs for a little bit. And, you know, I mean, I was just checking in on people and I was like, I got to see what my boy's up to because I haven't seen my neighbor in a while. And he's still talking about positivity. He's still talking about getting off your ass and doing things your way. With that being said, super stoked to have back on the show, Mr. Scott Aaron. How are you? Uh, pleasure and an honor to be here as always. And, uh, you know, again, I did have that honor and privilege of uh, being your neighbor. Uh, you know, TJ and, and the, uh, the, the neighborhood crew was a lot of fun, a lot of great memories. And, uh, you know, just really happy to be back again. You know, what's crazy is when you drive down that street and your parents don't live there no more, right? So I could say the street. Funny story. So my, my mom sold the house back in 2010 mm-hmm. and it was sold a second time. But prior to the second time, a mutual friend of ours, Nicole Travellini, she shot me, shot me a text message. And she's like, you'll never guess where I went today. And she goes, I was on Facebook marketplace and there was someone that was getting rid of some old baby stuff. And, um, you know, I was looking for some stuff and I drove up to the house and guess whose house it was. And it was yours. And she goes, it looks exactly the same. So fast forward, that was about three years ago. Uh, My sister, who, you know, Mm -hmm. randomly, you know, we talk almost every day. She FaceTimed me and the, the camera was turned around and I'm, and I'm, I'm like, what are you doing? And she goes, can you guess where I am right now? And I'm like, uh, no, I don't recognize mm-hmm. where you are. So she starts kind of like panning back and forth. And then she pans to the right. And it's a very familiar closet that I remember all too well. And she oh, wow. was actually in our old house. This was like a month and a half ago. I'm like, I'm like, are you in our old house? <laughs> and she's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing in basically a stranger's house? And she goes, well, I was driving by the old neighborhood and everything looks so different. And I ended up knocking on the door just to say hi to the people that live there and just let them know that I live there my whole life. And they invited me in. And so she goes, I walked around the whole house and, you know, she goes, I FaceTimed you. And it was very, like, they changed everything, but it is always really nice my mom currently still lives in plymouth meeting so i i still yeah. drive back through the old neighborhood um you know rakin still lives in the area we just had a barbecue a few mm-hmm. weeks ago so it's always nice to go back it's uh the thing that's so crazy is like what i was going to touch upon is that the fact that it does look so different on that road because the trees grew in you know like as a kid you know it doesn't look that big and doesn't look that old and then as you get older everything starts to look older but yeah definitely a cool spot to grow up and there is something to be said about like you know the nostalgia that happens to like your frontal lobe in your brain when you're you're at somewhere that you haven't been in a while and like i don't know what it is but it's like a recently i experienced that with um oh you know where i went scott i went to um uh, you know, LA fitness in the Andorra shopping center. Yeah, of course. Okay. So like one day I was just like, you know what? Cause like a lot of my childhood, like my happy memories was at the Andorra shopping center movie theater, which yeah, is now was... LA fitness. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. you know, let me, like, let me, I gotta go in there and just be in the room, you know? Cause like, 
I remember seeing like Ace Ventura on opening night there and my dad got into a fight because they kept throwing like like hard candy at me, freaked out in the theater. Regardless, I walk in and uh, I was like, hey, um, I like to take a look around. And like, they're, they're like, do you want a tour? I was like, yeah, sure. Give me a tour. And like, they give me a tour of all the fitness stuff. And I just, I like lean over and say to her, I was like, hey, it's cool if we just walk around and not talk about, I know what these machines are, but I'm actually here because I really miss the movie theater that was here <laughs> 30 years ago. And she was like, there was a movie theater here. Like, how old are you? And I was just like, ah, whatever. But sometimes it makes you feel good to go back to someplace you haven't been in a while. I took my kid down to the art museum a couple uh, last week and I had been there in a while and I felt good to be back there, you know? Yeah. Do you think What's it's a good thing to, to live in the, like the past that way with memory or is it like redundant? It's, it's so funny. You know, uh, my wife and I and uh, my son and his mom, we all live in Jersey now. Blair lives in Jersey. So we're, we're in cool. Marlton now. But, you know, I didn't stray too far from the nest, so to speak. And, you know, you, you hear so many people. And I don't know if it's just our community where we grew up. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether you grew up in Plymouth Meeting, Lafayette Hill, Conshohocken, uh, Norristown, like a, a lot of people end up staying very close to home. And because that's where all the memories are made. But then there's other people that want to get as far away as possible from where they grew up. And I think that it, I think it, it goes back to how you were raised, uh, how happy you were growing up, because if there are happy memories then you want to dip back into those as often as possible, whether it's relationship with friends and, you know, like you, I'm still friends with all the guys from high school, you know, we're in fantasy football together. So we're, mm-hmm. we're constantly in contact, but also, you know, Blair and I had a great childhood. You know, we loved growing up where we did, you know, the neighborhood riding our bikes around and there was nothing but positive memories from where you grow up. And I think there's a lot of people that if there's that negative connotation about it, if there's a negative experience that, yeah. And they, and they never want to go back. Like they don't want, they don't care if they see anybody, they don't, they just want to start over. And for me, you know, there's so many people that have that train of thought that the world is so big, you know, what am I missing out on? You know, if I did pack up and move to California or I had friends recently, then you know, uh, they picked up their themselves and their daughter and they moved to Florence, Italy. That's from California. So they're living in Italy now. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say, well, I'm kind of jealous of that. Like, I wish that was me. I don't, I don't live with any regret. I love every aspect of the trajectory of my life and how it's gone and what I've been able to experience because I have, I mean, there's ups and downs, but most of my ups and downs came when I got into the real world you know, when I, you know, became an adult and that's, that's the normality of things. But as a kid, if you have great memories, a great childhood, great experiences, you don't want to stray too far from that. It's very true. And it's also, it's very unique to the, um, the schooling aspect like, it is true that like my friends, too, like we're so tight still, you know, like, uh, Drew and TJ, like, are like family to me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, and it's like, I don't see that relationship with other adults I meet who are around my age. And it's like, I'm, I know that I'm super thankful for, um, you know, just being able to have that type of like, you know, community. And like, I also think that like, there is something to be said. And I talk a lot about this on my show is like, 
we grew up in that specific time zone too where it was like you were saying like you and blair like let's go ride our bikes let's go up to ralph's and see what they got you know what i mean like there was never like uh, a moment of idle um behave like we were never like what, do, what, what i'm bored what am I going to do now? I just, I was, I never, and this is, it's so funny because, you know, we're both raising boys in this mm-hmm. new era of social media and entertainment. And I don't ever remember being bored, whether like <laughs> I was happy, I was yeah. happy just, you know, whether it was me, you know, playing Nintendo or just shooting hoops at, at on my driveway or riding over to Alex's house or driving into the townhouses and just riding around Mm -hmm. or, you know, yeah. Going to Ralph's and just, you know, getting some baseball cards. Like there was always, (laughs) it was always something to do. It was, it was, I was never bored driving down to Cedar Grove park and, you know, playing down there. There was, there was, you know, and it's so hard because our, our kids nowadays, like, you know, my, my son, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to find things to keep them occupied, whether it's playing with Legos, you know, do you want to go outside? You know, his birthday's coming up. So we got him an electric scooter um, and he has one of those hoverboards already. And then mm-hmm. uh, my mom's getting him a new mountain bike and he's really excited about that. But the whole thing mm-hmm. is, is that, and we have a lot of kids in our neighborhood, so they all play together. But it seems like kids nowadays are, you know, more in tune that they would be happy just staying on the iPad They'd yep. be happy just watching shows. And listen, like Saturday morning cartoons was the bomb. Like I could the not bomb. wait for that. And but we but waited. I, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess because when we grew up, you know, we're, we're 80s kids. You know, we grew up in a, in a time period where you actually did have to wait for things. There was no Netflix. There was no, you know, TV on demand. Like you literally had to Waited. wait every Saturday for a new cartoon um, or Nick at Night or whatever was on. But there was less entertainment. So you had to find ways of entertaining yourselves. And it was never a problem. It never was a problem. And like, um, I remember distinctly as a child being like, Oh, I got free time to myself. Whoa. And like running into my room and just being like, I'm going to be lost now in imagination for like a couple of hours. And like, it is, yep. a, it's a difficult thing for like, so we do this thing here at my house where it's like, no screens during the week and then during the weekend he gets his fix and it's like it's hard you know it's hard during the week to have no screens but like um we just said like he's five now and like we never had we never had friends in the neighborhood we always had play dates and like he just had like um our new neighbors just moved in up the street and they got a five-year-old so he's here like every other day and it's a total different scene i'm now yep. like i'm out of the nursery school scene i'm now in i'm a colonial parent which is nuts right yep. <laughs> and like uh my son is uh all about soccer like during the pandemic i was like look we're gonna have to go outside buddy we can't just sit here all day so like in my backyard like we learned to make campfires and i was like look we're going to do soccer all right the head injury shit with football let's talk about that later but i right. like soccer so i taught him it and like he loves it, dude. And like yesterday at practice, like I was just like, look at him go, dude, like 60 minutes nonstop. Yep. He doesn't listen to his coach because he doesn't want to stay still. He wants to keep moving. I'm like, that's me. But yep. it's like, I just try to explain to him. I'm like, look, screens are cool. But, you know, like he knows that I'm a um, screenplay writer, podcaster, you know, creative guy. And like when we talk about like something that's on the screen, I try to let him know that that was made by somebody. Right. I don't think kids get that. Right. You know what I mean? Like, like he asked me questions like this morning. He's like, dad, when's there going to be a new Mando? And I'm like, they're filming it. They're behind the camera right now. And he's like, but when? 
I'm like, it takes a long time. He's like, but they have to film it with cameras. And I'm like, yep. And then like explaining to kids that, yeah, you could like have a career in that, like, you know, making content, which is nuts. But I mean, what I just don't want to get involved is the whole like social media is such a weird thing. Like anytime I post something on Instagram, like I, I have this like conscious feeling in the back of my head. It's like, am I, am I being real right now? Or am I trying to show everybody how cool my life is or how yeah. badass like where I'm at, you know? And I used to fall privy to that all the time. Like being like, uh, Oh, I'm at this cool spot. Let's take a picture and tag it and stuff. And like, I realized that like, that's not real. It's not real memories. It's it's yeah. Pictures are cool and stuff like that. But like, social media especially for teenagers that's what i'm i'm hoping by the time my kid is like 13 14 the internet is like boring to them you know what i mean it's yeah. like whatever it's scary it's really scary because you know me teaching social media namely linkedin you know i have a different perspective on it but in all honesty i i dislike it more than i like it because of the addictive properties that it's created in a lot of people where they mm -hmm. just don't know how to put down their phones. They don't have um, any sort of balance. Like people see me on social media all the time, but I'm barely on there. I literally I get on there. Get, I get up popping them out. Yeah. But, and, and if people, you know, if people follow me on, on the three main channels that I'm on, which is Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, you, you don't really see much of, of my life. You don't, mm -hmm. you on Facebook, occasionally I'll post, a selfie or a picture of Nancy and I, or if there's a family mm -hmm. thing going on, uh, Jewish holiday wise, I'll post something. But mm -hmm. outside of that, it's just, you know, motivation, positivity, you know, um, mental clarity, that kind of stuff. Instagram, it's a reality TV show. So I don't put yeah. a lot uh, of time, energy and effort into it. I, I recently got into reels um, just to, mm -hmm. for, for entertainment. It's fun for me but also showing a lighter side of myself, but also educating and informing people at the same time. And LinkedIn's my jam. And that's where I'm doing all my business education uh, mm -hmm. and informing people teaching. I love teaching. I love, um, you know, helping people learn new things. But the most people are, it's the scrolling and trolling. And I feel in the in the temperature of the environment that we're in right now with everything that's going on societally, uh, I, I think, not just influencers, human beings have a responsibility for how they show up on social media and the words that they choose to use because there's rhetorics being passed out there. And what, what, what people don't realize is that you may not see yourself as an influencer, but there's someone that always looks up to someone else and so on and so on. So you have to be really careful with the words that you use. And mm -hmm. I feel that if social media was used for more good than harm, yep. A lot of the problems that are going on in the world right now could be solved a lot quicker, but it's not the case. It seems like hatred, anger, and uh, bigotry. ideals, yeah, bigotry, mm -hmm. uh, all of those things spread a lot quicker and faster and more powerfully than positivity, motivation, and happiness. That's why you know I still take that stance of living in positivity, living in happiness. And spreading empathy and sympathy as much as possible. Yeah, I 100% I um, back you on all those statements. And like, I haven't even spoken of this, and this would probably be a good time to talk about it on the show. You know, we were talking about like, uh, you know, being positive. Like, you know, it's really easy to be positive around your family. 
but it's very hard for people to be positive in the workplace environment, right? They don't want to be there. You got, you spend 40 hours with these people per week. You don't want to be, you want to be with your family, right? Right. It's like so unnatural, right. That we spend less time with the people we love and more time (laughs) with the people that we work with, but whatever, like during the pandemic, I have always been um, somebody who has looked into, you know, myself to find the truth. And like, the real truth is, is that there is no me. There's all just one person on this planet. Right. And like, we fail to see that all the time that it's like one, like, like, you know, like I believe that God or whoever up there, the spaceman was an alien who created human beings. And like, you know, and like people were like, why did you do this to me? God? Oh, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. Like God has no clue what cancer means. God has no clue what AIDS is. Doesn't have any clue about like COVID, like he, he or she, or it is just like, I don't know. I'm sorry. I just want to feel how you feel. And I know that behind that message means that you want to feel good. We all want to feel good, despite the fact of mental illness and stuff like that. When you were at your best is when you were firing on all six cylinders with pure happiness. Yeah. And the job, the job that I was just at was not happy at all. And in fact, when I met the people I w- was about to work with during the job interview, I knew within moments that this wouldn't be a good fit. I just do. They were just so mean to each other. You know what I mean? I'm just like, okay, whatever. And uh, I stuck with it for about two months and then it just affected me. And I, before the pandemic, I would have taken it. I would have kept working. I would have been like, yes, yes, sir. Yes, yes, ma'am. I'll do whatever. (laughs) And you know what? This time around the sun, I was just like, nah, told the ball straight up. I was like, look, man, um, your employees are really negative. This is a very toxic place to work. And I'm sorry, but I think that I'm going to have to leave. And he was like, what? What do you mean, Bob? Like, you're the face of this company. You're the face of the future. And I was like, no, I was the face of the company. But now it's in the past. And that's okay, because you got to understand something, man. I want to be happy. And he was, like, sincerely blown away by this. He was like, what? Because most people don't say the truth, you know? Like, And I was just like, look, man, I'm not happy here. And, like, I... Yeah, it's fun to be in, you know, um, video production. I love um, multimedia. But at the end of the day, I need to feel good. And when I was leaving that place, I was coming home and taking that shit out subconsciously on my loved ones. And I told him that that was it. And about a couple of days passed. And uh, all of a sudden, there's a knock at my door. And I'm like, who the hell is this? It's my boss. And I'm like, what's up, dude? And he's like, hey, I thought about it. And don't want to lose you. So here's an external hard drive. We're just going to have you work from home now. And I was like, okay, that would have never, ever happened if I wasn't being true to myself and how I feel and how I want. Like, I believe that the most paramount thing in life is how you treat others. Yep. Like, that's it. If you are a nice person and you treat people with respect and you're altruistic and you do things that like make people happy, like you're on the right path towards enlightenment. And like most people aren't, most people spend their times in that job and don't leave. And they say to, you know, like, I don't know how you did that. Like, aren't you scared? Don't you have something to fall back on? And it's like, I'm falling back on life. And if I continue to do good things, I know good things will happen back to me. And it's just proof. And it's like, I think that people have a very hard time with that. You know, it's like they have a hard time with um, being true to themselves and true to how they feel like inside, you know? Well, something that Nancy and I truly believe is that the universe is always conspiring in your favor. Yes. Duncan Trussell said that. Always. 
Do you know who Duncan the, Trussell is? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he said that once. I, uh, I mean, uh, what is it? It's always conspiring to help you, not against you. And like people yeah. think the reverse. It's always in your favor. You know, when one door closes, another one opens up. But but think about, you know, I, I go back to what you said to your your boss. You probably helped him more than you realize because there were probably so many people that came in and out of that workplace that maybe have stayed. And they, you know, my dad used to always tell me when one person says something, there's nine others that feel the same way. They just don't want to say it because again, so many people want to be liked instead of respected. But when people, when you realize that when you're respected, it leads to people liking you at the same time, because, you know, I'm a recovering people pleaser and I never wanted to ruffle any feathers or have uncomfortable conversations, but it's those uncomfortable conversations that lead to bigger and better things. And where one person may see it as uncomfortable, another person may see it as necessary. And when someone's morals, principles, and standards are that of my happiness matters more than anything else, you will protect those morals and standards beyond anything else. And for you, that, that's exactly what happened. Your happiness was, was in danger. It was, it was being threatened by this, this toxic work environment. But again, mm-hmm. the universe was conspiring in your favor. You went home, your boss tracked you down and offered you to stay at, at the place. And, he, and, and kudos to your boss because he was a problem solver. He said, okay, you know, I don't want to lose this guy. He's unbelievable. It's a toxic work environment here, which maybe he's true. And I got to start evaluating that. How can I keep him? And if it's going to enable me to keep him by keeping him out of this work environment, then maybe I can get him to work from home for us, which is exactly what happened. So there's so many people out there that are in jobs and in positions working for someone just to collect a paycheck, just to get by. I, I say this to people all the time when I speak, no one wakes up living for mediocrity. No one wants to just get by. Everybody wants to live the best life possible, whatever that means to that individual. But just as you said, most of the time that people spend in a nine to five is in a work environment they typically hate. And and again, you suppress those feelings and then you take it out on the people that care and love for you the most, which is your friends, your family, significant others. So you really have to evaluate and this a question that everyone should ask themselves as they're listening to this, and, and maybe this is resonating with you, is, is it worth it? Is this job, is the company yep. that I'm working for, the work environment that I'm in, is it really worth it? Is it, is it robbing me of joy? Is it robbing me of peace uh, and any sort of uh, abundant feelings that I should be having every single day? And if that's the case, there's a solution for every problem. Marie Forleo says it all the time. Everything is figure outable. You know, if, if this isn't working, there's going to be something else better for you. And, you know, Nancy and I are very blessed to, you know, we, we have our own on business. We own our own company. We work from home. She's upstairs Mm -hmm. in her office. I'm downstairs in mine. And, you know, Taylor has been getting dripped on by us. You know, his mom is a teacher, you know, so, you know, that's an, that's Mm -hmm. an amazing uh, profession in itself. So he's learning a lot from her, but he sees us, running a virtual organization. You know, we have eight team members that are all over the country and he's curious. He's like, you know, um, I want to learn about online marketing. I want to learn how you're doing. So it's, you know, and like your son, my my son's obsessed with soccer. You know, he does travel soccer now, but he, 
he does wrestle, he plays baseball, he's a catcher, mm-hmm. plays basketball, but soccer is like his big thing right now. And uh, his his mom's boyfriend uh, was also, I think he was a, a collegiate soccer player. So he's been, you know, teaching oh, Taylor cool. outside of everything else. So it's, it's just a really good environment. And, you know, that's a, it's a great outlet for him. Um, and just to backtrack a little bit, you know, with the whole technology thing, every parent is going to do what they feel is best for their kid. And, you know, we allow Taylor uh, an hour of screen time a day. That's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And after that, he's got to occupy himself with something, something else. Weekends, it's a little bit more lenient because it's the weekend. If yeah. we want to do a family movie night, that's completely fine. He's really into Jurassic Park right now. So we've been kind of binging on, on that uh, dual trilogy. But again, you really have to do some self-evaluation and really what, what is going to bring the amount of happiness for you and for for my wife and I, it's always been work life balance. We 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 yep. want to work as little as possible, earn the most amount of money possible to provide the best life for ourselves and our loved ones, and have the majority of our time spent as a family doing things that we love to do. And and it's a re, it's the reverse for a lot of people. Just as you said, yep. if if people are working nine to five. Basically, whatever time they get up in the morning, that's their personal time. They're done work at five. They drive home. They're done by six. They go to bed at nine, nine thirty. Three or four hours of your day is your personal time. And the other nine is working for someone else. So you really have to self-evaluate what is most yep. important to you and how can you get to that balance? I also think that we have to self-evaluate too, like the traditional nine to five. It was set up by, let's be honest, a bunch of white dudes that were like, look, you're going to stay home and take care of the kids and we're going to go to work and wear hats. You know who created it, right? I think I do, but you can tell me. I'm not sure. Yeah, I thought it was Henry T. Ford. Henry Ford set it up for the Ford Motor Company to figure out how can I get the assembly line back in working order. Mm -hmm. So if everyone had the same job, same responsibility, same time every day, it would create a systematic flow. And then every other company started to duplicate it. He also, uh, he kind of dropped the ball, in my opinion, because I think that if he would have stuck with the original design of cannabis oil to uh, operate his vehicle, we would have been <laughs> in a much better uh, situation as it relates towards our environment. But whatever, yes. that's a different story. But yeah. my whole idea, too, is like, you know, like st- like gender roles, like I'm glad that that's being broken, broken down completely because before the gender roles were broken down, I was a stay-at-home dad. And I can tell you that when I would go to like a chatter splatter or I would go to another place, I was the odd duck out there, man. People would be like, yeah. what's that guy doing with his son? My wife has a great job. You know, she provides hardcore. And like, I didn't think that I was going to be the stay at home dad. It's just the way that things happened that year. And to be honest, it was like the most rewarding experience. Then I got a job and then I started missing him more. And then like just this thing happened to me a couple of weeks ago and he just started kindergarten. And honest to God, being able to walk him to the bus stop and wait with him to get the bus, that's 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 the shit that I'm into, man. Like, that's yeah. the, you know, like, it doesn't last, too. It's like, it's so unfair in society that our children are only children for a little bit, and the majority of the time, we're not around them. And Bob, it's, it's like, yeah, crime. Taylor just, uh, he turns nine uh, this weekend. And uh, he's in third grade now. And I keep thinking like, you know, back to school night was last night and I, I did it virtually cause he was here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, and, and the teacher was going through her slideshow and it's like, Holy shit. Like he's in, th- like he's in third grade already. Yeah. And like next year he's in 
fourth grade. And then, you know, he's two years away from middle school. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. and, and I remember like, listen, I remember, you know, the, the, the most awkward years for me as, as an adolescent and as a, Mm -hmm. as a preteen was seventh to 10th grade that, that, that four year stretch was just a very, you know, awkward finding who you are type person. You go through the awkward phases of braces and hair and, and, you know, finding your identity and, you know, what style dress like. And that's the thing. He's really, he's in the jewelry right now. So he also wanted a ring. So he picked out this uh, like skull ring with like two Mm -hmm. like fake diamonds. And he's wearing that on his pinky and he's got all these bracelets now and (laughs) a, a necklace and, you know, so he's even at, at nine years old, he's trying to find his identity, but it, it goes way too fast. And, and, you know, Nancy and I were talking about it. You know, she came into his life when he was around four years old. And even from four years old till now, it's just been, you know, you know, he doesn't have that little voice anymore. And, yep. you know, you get so used to like when, when anyone is, is talking to your kid you know, when they're little, you, you help them answer questions. Right. And I remember last night we were having dinner and my stepmom was asking Taylor questions. And I, I, I found myself trying to answer for him because <laughs> you just get so used to doing that as a parent. And my stepmom turned to me and she goes, listen, let, let him talk. He's, he's nine. He can, he can have a conversation. He can have a conversation with us. I'm like, yeah, I know. It's just, it's, it's a habitual thing, but it's hard to turn it off. It is. But, you know, being a parent is, is definitely the most rewarding thing you can you can have and experience because you you learn so much but it's it's really being a present parent and I think that's the one thing that I really um loved uh, about my dad and you know and my mom you know they both worked you know my mom worked at at the local boutique um by top shelf and you know she was home at 5 30 so I was home with Blair, you know, at 3.30 off the mm-hmm. bus. And, you know, she came home at 5.30. My dad owned, you know, multiple of his own businesses, but he was always home uh, at 6.30 every single night for dinner. And, you know, he didn't work weekends. So he was able mm-hmm. to, you know, coach me in in basketball and in and, and baseball. So, and I wanted to be that present figure for Taylor, even though him and his mom, you know, his mom and I are not together. I still wanted to be, present. So we're, we only live nine miles away. I, you know, we, we dropped him off at school this morning. I pick him up the two days a week that I get to. Um, but you know, I was, uh, one of the assistant coaches on his baseball team this, this summer, which was extremely rewarding. And I'm at every travel soccer game. So it's just so nice to, to be a part of all of that. And the one thing that I do like about the technology that we now have is I, I, I don't think that parents have as many videos and as many pictures as they did when we were growing up, because, you know, what what parent wants to carry around that huge, you know, video camera, videotaping everything. Now we got our phones and we can just take video Mm -hmm. of every single game and mash, uh, you know, mash it up. And, you know, there, there are a lot of pluses to the technology side, but, you know, that's another thing about, you know, being a parent and watching your kids grow up, you know, you don't want it to happen too fast, but it always does. So you do have to, create and live within every memory that you can because it, it's it's literally it's gone blink of an eye it's gone yeah. and it's wild I just keep i just can't believe next year he's in double digits and i remember that was a, a big birthday that's when you're 10 years old and that just blows my mind i um 
two things uh, that you said that uh, I'll touch upon. Um, one, the whole idea, like, um, you know, when you're, when you're a young man or a young woman and you're trying to have self-expression, right? You're trying to be like, this is my identity. I've got this badass ring. Uh, back in the day for us, it was, I've got these uh, large Jenko pants. I've got these, uh, remember Skid, the suspenders in the oh. late 80s, early 90s? Remember that shit? Yeah, of so course. Like the, so I remember distinctly, though, um, as a child, loving hats and being like, I love that starter hat. I got to get it. And uh, I, you recall because you went to the same school as I take your hat off. Otherwise, you'll go straight to detention. Was, I think yeah. that was a mistake. It was a mistake. Anytime you tell a kid they can't wear something. I mean, Christ, when we were like in high school, I remember people walking around big Johnson shirts and like, you know, which is basically oh. like big dick, like joke, like, you know, yeah. what I mean, like I had, um, I had those shirts. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you still have them? Because I would love to see one. No, I, I would see one would, in real life and forever. That was the, and the there was another company. ones as well. What was the other one? It was. um. Well, there was a uh, oh, coat, 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 naked. Co-ed oh, yeah. Naked co-ed shirts. naked. Co-ed naked. Yep. And for people out there who are listening to this who are not of age, well, yeah, have some fun. Google it up. Yeah. Um, I did shirts. start working. Uh, I was a teacher for a while and um, I did the public and then I went to a private school where they allowed you to wear whatever you wanted. And um, it was cool. You know, like they were allowed to wear hats, fedoras, like, you know, they called me Bob. And there's alternative. There's different ways of looking at being a parent there's no right way you know what i mean like depending upon your child but something about them being able to uh express themselves especially in today's world of technology it's like people see stuff on the internet and then they think that that should be them i don't know it's weird like well there's a lot a of weird comparison there's a lot of imposter syndrome but you know the one thing that you know we always encourage taylor to do is to express his feelings you know mm-hmm. how, do, how we always ask him how's your heart feeling you know, is your mm-hmm. heart happy? Is your heart sad? And depending upon what his answer is, we we dive into it. You know, we, we just ask questions. Questions lead to answers. But the same goes for it should be applicable to adults. There's so many adults that are uh, afraid to express how they feel. And it goes back to how, you know, I was raised. My parents were very open about communication. They were always open about feelings. You know, let's talk mm-hmm. things through. Let's not yell and scream. Let's have an adult conversation you know, let's not let our emotions get the best of us. Obviously there's times where it does happen. That's just a natural progression of life. Yeah. But as a whole, if there was better communication uh, between uh, significant others, if there was better communication uh, between significant others and uh, parents and kids, you know, there there would be a lot less issues. And I I think that, man, I, I could not imagine, and this is why, you know, Taylor, he keeps, he's asking for a phone already and I will delay that shit as <laughs> long as I can, because I, Bob, I, I, I talk about this with my wife all the time. I could not imagine, could not imagine growing up when we did with social media, I'm like all, all, all the, the stuff that we got away with that our parents did not know we got away with because there was no way to see it but also you know the the, the a lot of the bullying and the shaming that that goes on because again think about bullying and shaming you know back when we grew up it was only in person right yep once once you left it was gone but now there's bullying and shaming going on because there's people that can you know talk smack on social media about you know their classmates this that or the other and there's but also this this uh concept of 
uh, idolizing certain people in, in school that you go to or the comparison game or imposter syndrome. But a lot of these identity crises happen because, you know, all you're doing is looking at what other kids your age are doing or how their life is or whatever it is. And, and it becomes a lot like it becomes an emotional and mental strain on so many kids. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the time, time. that, that yep. we grew up because it's almost like we were protected growing up. Like, and I even remember my freshman year of college in 1997, I still didn't have a cell phone at that point. I, you were calling from dorm room to dorm room. So mm -hmm. we grew up in a completely separate era of relationship building. Um, you know, and even when I get together with my guys, we're, we're never on our phones, but you see so many people mm -hmm. younger than us when they're around their friends, they're, they always have their phones. You know, we're just shooting the shit whenever shooting we're together. Shit, we're yeah. Reminiscing yeah. Getting and, off each other's vibe. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I don't get that, man. Like when everyone's sitting together looking down, it's, it's sad, you know? Um, are you familiar? I had to look it up because you, you brought up something that um, I talk about on my show too. It's like, you know, like we, we have boys and I think it's important to teach, uh, you know, a young man in today's world that it's okay to be in touch with your feelings, you know, and there's this instructor, his name's Jason Wilson. He was on Rogan uh, like about two months ago. Are you familiar right. with him? No, no, he, but he, um... he, he's an instructor for Taekwondo and he went viral about maybe two years ago where, um, you know, one of his students was trying to break some wood and he was crying and he stopped him. And it's like, it's OK to cry. You know, that I remember it was a little kid, yeah. right? Little guy. Yeah. yeah. Little and guy. then everyone started cheering for him. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. So too, this yeah. guy's website, you can check him out online. His name's Jason Wilson. He's a martial artist who is the founder and head of uh, Cave. Cave of uh, Transformation Training or something like that. Just look him up online. But I mean, like if you're a dad and they're like, Maybe for somebody like me who was raised by like a hardened individual dad, like you got to be <laughs> my dog is licking the microphone. Right if you, if you got to be like, you know, a tough guy, it's like you don't get really too far like that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think if I was a tough guy, I would have been able to tell my boss straight how it was, you know, like, right. this is how I feel. So I try to like, you know, it's OK to have feelings. And like, I think that's what makes us human. But Scott, my dog has to. My dog definitely has to take a shit. I have to take her for a walk. Look, this is the podcast game. Um, I want to come on your show. And uh, yeah. I think that I think that we should put this out there into the universe. I think that are you familiar with like two bears, one cave? Are you familiar with like bad friends, like the podcast team up episodes? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think we should team up and do like a monthly podcast. You know what I mean? I, like, I don't know what it's called, but it's like, you know, like this is easy like to do. Like I like podcasting with people like that have like I've done a couple of recently where I'm like, am I going to get through this dude? Like what's going on here? But <laughs> it's just, it's, it's natural flow and conversation, but here's the thing. When, when you, when you find people from your life that are, are woke people. And, and yeah. again, you hear, you hear this term woke and people are like, Oh, that's kind of airy fairy. No, but it's the truth. Like there are it people is. that are kind of floating through life in this zombie uh, like state where they're just it's yep. groundhog's day it's the same shit day in day out but then you have those woke people that you know something triggered at some point in their timeline of life where they're like you know what there's more out there there's more to dig into and you you really get in touch with everything that's inside and you know obviously you and i are, are both of those woke individuals so when you put two people together that have maybe not the same mindset but a similar woke mindset you can dive into so many different things and it just, 
this is what human connection is all about. And this is the, I yeah. think what's missing with a lot of people, they, they don't know how to communicate anymore. They don't know how to listen. You know, the fact we were given two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? So, <laughs> you know, we, we have to, <laughs> we have to listen more and talk less. And that's how natural conversation comes about. Uh, my, my wife read a great book. Uh, it's called how to, how to get people to fall in love with you in 20 minutes. And basically the book just goes on to say, if you, if you ever want to make a true connection with someone, whether it's on a friend or deeper level than that, um, have a conversation with the person the first time and ask questions for 20 straight minutes and they mm -hmm. will absolutely fall in love with you. Because again, everybody wants to be listened to. Everyone wants to be spoken to and connected with. And that's what there needs to be more of in this world right now. Dude, I wish my dog had the shit because he said something again. I mean, like the whole idea of uh, like I, I tell people, I, I'm like, OK, when you get older, it's hard to make friends. Right. It's not like, you know, Cedar Grove Park back in the day. Like it, you it will be friends. like when you're older, it's hard. And I think, you know, one of the reasons it's hard to make friends is that people aren't listening to you, you know, and like. Did you ever have a conversation with somebody and like they just talk about themselves the whole time and not ask one question about you? It hurts, uh, right? You're just like all the time. Like, and, and yeah. my wife and I speak about it's. It's just it's crazy to me. Like how we went to a a function last weekend, and I said to my wife, "I'm like, man, no one asked me one question about <laughs> what I'm up to. Like, not one yeah. person. I'm like." Yeah. I'm like, what is it? Like, how are people, they don't have to be interested in me, but how are you not asking anything about other individuals that you are surrounding yourself with in a mm -hmm. close proximity? So it's just, and, but, but for me, that's a natural, to, I love asking questions. I mean, we're both Same. podcasters, so we're, we're used to that. Like, I'm an, I've always been an inquisitive type of person because I love learning new things about people. And I have a great memory. Like when someone tells me Same, something, dude, yeah. I, I create these brain tattoos with all the connections that I make with people. And people are surprised what I remember about them because they don't even remember it. But, you know, I'm really good at, at creating those gateways, so to speak, between people and conversations that I've had with them because I listen. Well, I also think that, I mean, to summarize this whole podcast too, it's like what we're talking about is like at the essence of human life is this sitting around a campfire and listening to one another tell stories, right? Yep. During the day, we may have gone out and killed some things and we're eating them now. Our family is all around us and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like the, the, the ancient way of things is still there. I mean, like we live in these houses next to each other. We sleep, what, 15, 20 feet from each other. Some people we don't know, you know, it's weird, right? Like it's yep. a weird world. Like ask questions about people, get interested in humanity again. And, you know, it's like, I find that it's the, the most insane thing for me. And I'll leave you with this too. When you go somewhere public, say it's a supermarket, the King of Prussia Mall, you know, the Cherry Hill Mall, whatever. When you're walking through those halls and there's people that you've never seen before, I look at each and every one of them. Oh, I, all the time. Strangers don't like we, like we don't look at each other. Yeah, I, smi I smile at people all the time and people may think yeah. it's weird, but like, you know. I just say, how you doing? Just walk, just walking yeah. by. Like again, I love know, talking to strangers. But so many I, people are, are just staring at their phones. They're just like this. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. and it's bad. Yeah, I mean, it's about finding that that balance in life. And you know, if there's something missing from it, take a good look in the mirror and and really start to to look at you know what are the things that you can get back into. And that's something that Nancy and I also spoke about is like picking up hobbies again. I got I got back into uh, sports card collecting recently. Oh, cool. 
And um, I told Nancy, I think I'm going to start a, another YouTube channel because basically there's, there's these YouTube channels where people, they do unboxings. Basically, they, oh, yeah, they it's open huge. up the packs. Huge. So I said, you know what? I, I have a good collection kind of building right now. It's kind of hot. And mm -hmm. um, it's allowed me to get back into that, that childhood aspect of, of what I loved. And, you know, when honestly, when, when a box arrives at the house, I'm like just as giddy as I was when I was yeah. like 10 and 11 years old. And, you know, find that inner child. It's, it's still there. Every single one of us is still a kid at heart. Every single it's life is not so serious. But if you take yep. life that serious, that's what kind of life you're going to live. But always tap back into that inner child because that's when the fun is had. Amen to that, brother. And like, you know, uh, to, to stamp that too, it's like, you know, when you get to be our age, like, you know, someone be like, oh, I wish I could play guitar. I don't know how. I'm like, you, you probably do. It's yeah. just that somewhere along the way, like, I believe that everybody can draw. It's just that somewhere along the way, somebody said to you, you suck and it hurt you so bad that you never did it again. Or you lowered your expectations of what you thought the outcome would be because it was so impossible. I learned how to play piano during the pandemic. I had no clue how to go from this to this. And I just sat there and I was just like, I'm going to do it. Anybody can do it. And like you said, we're all children. We just get wrinkly and older looking. You know what I mean? Like we're all the yeah. same as we were in the beginning. Um, what a great podcast. What a great way to start my day too. You know, I feel good. I feel ready <laughs> to take on the world. Me too. Such a pleasure to see you again, brother. You too. And uh, yeah, looking forward to having you on uh, my show. And let's definitely dive into doing, you know, something on a monthly basis where we just jam out and just be uh, fun. give the world a different perspective on things. I'm into that. My name is Bob, and this has been another episode of Bobcast. <laughs>